0: Um, And if I want to give a very basic tip, uh, I set a time, set time aside on my calendar on Fridays. So I'm I'm collecting all these bookmarks. Oh, ChatGPT announced that, Microsoft announced that, Google announced that. I'm just taking a lot of bookmarks. And a lot of them I never check out, but I have like, I got it out of my brain. And on a Friday, usually I have time to, to update my own knowledge about it.
1: I think that's that's a really great piece of advice, especially with AI revolution at full force. You got to spend some time on a Fridays, I don't know when you have bandwidth to really explore with these things and see how you can uh, improve your workflows. For any creative, I think digital economy is packed with creatives, developers, product managers, product designers, marketers, you have workflows. You go through a certain process whether you like it or not. I think the win here is like how we can improve your workflow so you can deliver the same thing that you are delivering faster with higher quality.
0: Bonanza Growth Podcast. Innovation, strategy and UX for SaaS. Bonanza Studios is a growth consultancy for SaaS and fintech startups. Every SaaS business needs to fight in three different battles. First, Product market fit, discovering a growing marketing and designing a compelling and undeniable solution to meet that demand. Second, product led growth, turning your product into a growth vehicle by leveraging outcome driven UX design. And third, creative marketing and organic brand building. If you're looking for a reliable partner to drive growth, check out our website at bonanza-studios.com. Uh, Rolf, pleasure to
1: have you on my podcast on linkedin live really excited about what you about to share about gen ai no code movement and uh, first time we met was in sas stock you didn't well we didn't met i passed through uh, your workshop and it was one of those workshops that The more I stayed, I was more interested to hear more. Uh, I had to go to a meeting, so I got your name, reached out to you, and we made this one happen. So first of all, how are you doing? How is business in New Year? Um, Maybe a bit of a background about what you're doing for the audience. That would be fantastic. And we can take it from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of background about myself, I worked for 10 years at Microsoft in different marketing positions. Um, I left in 2011, I joined startups, worked with tech companies, with a PR company, and then launched my own thing in November 2013 as a freelancer and then started building out that label Fresh Fun Root, which is like my playground, my agency, my business, um, and for a few years now uh i'm also writing a newsletter and a blog and i always test new apps and tools and um very often when i tested ai tools i said in my newsletter or blog or when i posted about it this is a nice gimmick uh it's interesting <laughs> but it's it's far away from being usable yes and then um openai published chatgpt and we all got access to this tool and then it was like, um, you know, when there's ketchup and you try to get ketchup out on for a very long time, nothing happens. And then too much of it comes out. And that was for me, like the feeling with, with ChatGPT now, like, wow, what's happening here? It's way too much. Uh, and and yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, yeah, so many people were caught on the wrong foot, like Google, big players that that should have seen this coming and they didn't see it coming yeah and since then i i yeah i jumped on the a i train so to say i uh, and it plays a little bit into my hands because I call myself a marketing generalist so i was always interested across disciplines so i was always i never worked as a designer or as a programmer i was always a marketer or content marketer and nowadays i would say creator <laughs> but mm-hmm. um this is where a i is wonderful that you like can blend between these disciplines so you can say create an image create some code, create some copy, give me some input on this topic. And that, that is where I am right now. And and if you ask me how I feel, I'm, I'm sometimes completely overwhelmed with all of this. Um, but I try to, to stay on the learning path, but also don't try to get crazy about it. A weekend is a weekend. So um, you have to have smartphone three times and AI three times, I would say. Yeah, I mean,
1: the pace of introduction of new ai app since chat has been overwhelming i would say for me to catch up and and it there is always a boss an explosion for example uh, sora or google gemini uh, gemini that was introduced and then you, for example, with the Google Gemini, uh, it's 1 million token you can input. So the context window now is just you know a lot, a lot wider than uh, ChatGPT for the latest version. And then it sounds cool and amazing. But when you look at the output of it, is disappointing and shocking to say the least. So, and same with Sora as well. Like, you know, it's cool that you can create a 30 minutes, 30 seconds video, but can you edit it? How much room you have to adjust your prompt? Like when you come to the usability of the the technology still, like I think it's a lot of it is in proof of concept.
0: Yeah, definitely. And if you, um, and then uh, what I like to compare it with if you today use ChatGPT, it's like opening the first version of Photoshop or something. I mean, it's Uh absolutely, absolutely not comparable, but for example, lots of people log on to ChatGPT and say, give me feedback on this email or write an email in a formal way or informal way. So there's like this prompting experience how good are you at it, et cetera, et cetera. So I think they're already. Different experience levels already within ChatGPT, depending on how good you are at prompting. Uh, and I think it plays, uh, it, it's very great for people that are good in analytical skills and are good with language and typing, of course. But I think there is also like a type that can get more out of AI already. But think of it like this I'm using Photoshop. I mean, no more actively and now use Figma, but if I use Photoshop, I open it up, I crop a picture and save it again. So I'm using not even 1% of Photoshop features. And I think it's good right now to get on this learning path because it's always easier if you like get into something. I mean, you are a Webflow professional, I would also say, you know, the ins and outs of Webflow and you constantly follow the new updates that come out. Because you have already followed Webflow for quite some time, and I'm like about JetGPT this right now. So, but as you said, some of it is very like underwhelming when you think about how can you translate into your other workflow, editable formats, etc. So, what I would love
1: to hear about you, and I think I think that's the reason I was really excited about um, talking to you, Rolf, is that. You are a marketer. You deal with content. And when it comes to generative AI, it's called, it had generative in the title of it. And it's been almost two years that ChatGBT has been out and likes of others. What are the use cases that you think ChatGBT is delivering very competitively with a very respectable quality that you can use in your work and what are the areas that that um, is suboptimal but i think there is a potential that you could potentially use it in in your future work
0: yeah so a, a very practical example is i used it for a brainstorming session for a specific name for a content publication and I wasn't sure about the specific term on, terminology. Um, is it like more seen negatively or positively in the US? And this question was answered on the web a million times and discussed a million times. So I got into ChatGPT, and I gave a very specific briefing of my intention, my role, and what I would like to do. And the first few answers were like more so medium to bad, I would say. But a few minutes into the conversation, the results got a little bit better, and it triggered like one specific phrase that I could use in my, my follow-up work for this specific client project. So at the beginning, I, I, so I, I throw away 90% of what ChatGPT gave me, but it helped me leveling the playing field. So I got quicker to a result that I was happy with and could continue my work from. But I also have a negative experience, like I worked on a campaign for a client, and one day before launch, we realized we missed the emails that should go out at campaign launch. What did we do? We used a new AI feature in Notion, clicked mm-hmm. generate campaign yeah. email, launch email. And we never we just like skimmed it and it sounded so cool. So it, it was written in a nice way, and we was it was still early on in this AI age. So we found it really cool. And then right before sending from the email tool, we we read it very carefully and said wait a second, this is absolutely not how we sound. So we we should postpone the launch. Yeah, we could use a phrase from here and there, but it doesn't replace like the writing experience. So if you think of it, having a million brains on your shoulder that help you to figure out things, but you are the master of the whole experience. And I I absolutely think that the junior marketer can destroy brands. Yes. So if you send someone off and say, uh, create something, create a blog post. And maybe even if it's sometimes right now work, I mean, that's a different conversation that you can trick Google into ranking this shallow content, but that's a different topic. But if you want to deliver quality work, you should always see it as a, another big source and you would be dumb not to use it because it can trigger some follow-up source. Um, and, and that's the way how I approach it. But I'm also... Uh, if I if I meet complete skeptics about this AI thing, I am also strongly advocating you are ignoring something big. So you should get yeah. a chat premium subscription and be serious about it. Because once you had this small, like advancements in your head, where, oh, I was able to take a shortcut or I got this one inspiring idea. I mean, it's 20 bucks a month uh, yeah. and your competition is using it. Um so I I and I have this moment these moments every week once. So I I use ChatGPT a lot and I would say once a week I have this new input that helps me to advance something. Um yeah. Yeah, I think I think it takes a
1: lot of time to get to that input or prompt. But once you have it, once you save it, it's become your secret tool that each time that you use it, it saves you couple of seconds to couple of minutes and when you accumulate that over a month or a quarter we're talking about several hours i used chat i think chat right now works really great for researching around the topic um, um you know i've i'm using it heavily to create pitch decks I'm using it heavily to deepen my understanding about the topic so I can write about it or, yeah. or get the nuances. I think that that's a use case that I think... I mean, sometimes this, the outputs that I'm getting from ChatGPT is very generic, so I, in certain topics, is not really effective. But generally speaking, when it comes to business and scaling businesses i think it's a very good tool to um, use and it would yeah to your point all your competitors are using it so if you don't use it you get behind
0: yeah yeah and i i mean what i talked about in dublin was also like spreading out for me as a marketer i'm not a a webflow professional i'm not a figma professional Um, i'm involved in Projects where it's necessary to create wireframes and think about positioning or publish something on the web, um, and what I explored as a in a non-engineering or non-developer world is basically how good is the code generation, how good can yeah. you use it to create a prototype, and I found it quite amazing. And again, what ChatGPT is great at and all these AI chat systems is creating concepts that are established on the market. So, for example, the typical gesture you take, like that Tinder made very common, so the swiping mechanism between profiles. If you ask an AI chat system to create some code that um, makes that possible on a mobile phone, 99% sure you will get something that works right away, and then you can start customizing. Is it good enough to launch a market-ready product that works for millions? Maybe not, but is it good enough to approach like an agency or a dev team or a product owner or an engine and say, I built this visual representation of what I want. Um, Don't tell me it doesn't work. It seems somehow it works, but not not only for leveling like the discussion, but also uh, giving you a tool if you are bad at visualizing ideas, like Dolly, Midjourney, creating wireframes, or turning a napkin sketch into a clickable prototype. Um, that works quite well. And I think you can do or create a lot of apps that are also highly personalized. So I created a simple app for social media image creation that has like my typical gradient and my logo on it. And I'm the only user of that app. And the cost to create it was like my time I invested in ChatGPT. So it was quite easy to create a single person app uh, that I use it would be useless to you or to anyone outside of our company, but it's extremely useful to me and it takes me to take a shortcut.
1: That's a fascinating area, and I think I would really love to go into this no-code movement that you, you have really hands-on experience in it. This app that you built is a GPT agent or is a web app or native app?
0: Yeah. So what you can do is there are multiple ways to do it, but I did, I mean, this is really just a web. Pro- it's basically a website with JavaScript and you can uh, select an image and put some graphics on it. Um, and I maybe share the link later in, in the comments. Um, and what with a custom GPT from Netlify, now it's custom GPTs, before that it was plugins. There's this web service called Netlify, which is like basically a very, in very simplistic terms, Um, a web service where you can upload HTML files and the HTML files are online and they built an extension for ChatGPT and when you activate that extension you can say in ChatGPT help me create a snake game or a to-do list app or a recipe app or whatever it is and then it detects that you create some code and it says do you want to publish it on the web right away so within minutes your published prototype is online and then you have two hours to claim this like funny URL within Netlify and take it into your account. But then what what you said about uh, like this created videos that also applies here. If you want to edit the code or work further on the code, of course I, I'm lacking the knowledge. So I'm further tuning my app by giving um, text commands. The problem I observed is in that respect, ChatGPT works like a human. It removes one bug, but it adds another one. And so you have no version control. That is what I want to say. So it mm-hmm. it, re- it regenerates the complete file if you wanted to, or only parts. But uh, very often you like, so there's no version control. But all of that, I think, will be sorted out in the near future.
1: Yeah, very soon. I mean, yeah. co-pi- Copilot, it's, I don't know if you use the uh, CTO friend of mine did a showcase Copilot to me. That's exactly what it does, but so copilot is a uh, chat GBT powered coding assistant so to so copilot yeah and then it so microsoft has github has chat GBT, part of you know access to it and then there is a coding um, software that you write your code in it so um, that's also interesting. Run by but run by and maintained by Microsoft. So, all the coders right now, so Microsoft knows your code base because all the dev teams they have their codes on GitHub. They have the Copilot. So, Copilot can understand your code base. And you can basically, with the prompt says, okay, we've been writing this, write me a JavaScript that does this and this and this. Copilot writes it, you read it, then say, if it's okay, I can add it to your code base. So that's happening on the on the on the coding front but on the consumer front on the non-coder front to your point there is no version control there is no way of editing but i think soon it's going they are going to introduce it because the no-code movement that i would love for you to sort of give us a history of it i think it's going to come way sooner than everyone else expect and it's going to come and take us by, by a storm and I already yeah. see the uh, bits and pieces of it and I'm really excited about it I think it's going to be allowing a lot of founders to scale their startups founder startups a lot faster at a fraction of cost
0: yeah um, when I remember the first time I got online uh, mid of the 90s and I had this book like learn HTML because I wanted to have my own static page online with a guest book counter and a uh, Visitor counter and yeah. And it required basic HTML knowledge. So I typed down like the script that was in the book. And then there was like, do you need an FTP service or like GeoCities. These were these first versions of website builders. And uh, that was like the entry barrier to create a consumer website or a personal website was quite high. You have to be quite nerdy and early on to do that. And then like this first version of this page builders came around like GeoCities and others. They're all history now. And fast forward 10 years, we had this like no-code app builders. You could say WordPress is also like a little bit part of that because it got yep. easier to you, you. You get a domain, you click next, next, next. And then came these no-code builders like Adalo, where like this very this big hype about you need a mobile app. Everybody needs a mobile app for everything. Um, And they made it possible to click together mobile apps, say, I want a list component that shows like my data from an Excel file. I want to upload a logo and you clicked together your classic, typical uh, mobile app and publish it even to the App Store. But still, like the entry barrier was, you needed to know like what are components named. Um, You needed to know what is a data source, what is the front end. Well, how do I publish on the App Store and all that kind of stuff? Or how do I publish it on the internet? And now with ChatGPT, it's like having the Swiss Army knife. So you you still need lots of knowledge, but by texting you can can easier get there. It's not that you you whatever you type in, there is some sort of response. And this response can be misleading, but um it's you are getting in that direction. So I think that's the main difference now that you have this Swiss army knife where you have you, you can create pictures, wireframes, publish on the web, create code. So this is the main difference for me now. And I think these no-code app builders, they are experimenting like Bubble and others how to add AI features um, because there needs to be some sort of mapping. I think that like people will soon create prototypes no longer with Bubble yeah once you build the real thing, you learn still need to learn the ins and outs maybe of a specific language or other, or web flow or whatever it is
1: yeah, I think so too and you know um the in, I grew up in UX world, and that's my career. I design many applications, I design many websites. Now, you know, we are are a product growth design agency. So we, you know, help a lot of startups with their product market feed, go-to-market. You know, we have evolved as an agency. We, two years ago, we didn't even launch websites. Um, Now we launch websites. Now what we are doing as a design agency we are designing and launching um, the website ourselves on workflow at the highest um, quality level. We don't need the front-end developers anymore. We develop simple apps. We can you know, insurance app. What does it need? Uh, at least booking, subscribe, pay, it's it's getting to a point that we can deliver this app ourselves too. We just like combining different apps, right? And now with what you said, chat GPT, I can see a future that in the chat GPT you say I want to develop an AI app, insurance app. These are the futures. this is how each futures work. Write me a native app and mm-hmm. with the integration like netfly uh what was it um netlify netlify you can potentially get it really close to itunes store and app stores and 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 and, uh, google store and probably you have to do some stuff over there but like the stuff that you needed to do that you needed developers is getting becoming less and less and less and less, especially you're launching simple applications.
0: Yeah. And definitely for anything that has been developed a thousand times already and is publicly like documented, for example, this Tinder style app, it's very easy to do. When you say you want to use the same concept, but for books, I want to swipe between book covers and make favorites of books. All that kind of examples are easy to do. Um, and I did the same with a snake. The snake game, which I just with one prompt created it, um, and yeah, I think the versioning problem needs to be solved for that. That you have versioning between like your um, different types of codes you can uh, you create, and the other thing is tone and voice. When we come back to content creation, of course. Um, so I would like to upload all my style definitions, how yeah. we talk at Root or at this client, as soon. And there we have the beta versions right now. So in mid-journey, you can add a tag and you can avoid that it completely throws away the previous design. So it sticks a little bit already to the previously created images, the image style, Mm. because I'm a little bit like I have AI image fatigue, so to say, because I'm scrolling my LinkedIn feed and everybody, everybody is copying in the LinkedIn posting text and saying, create an image that fits to my content. And it looks extremely generic, but I think it's still a good exercise so I, I still recommend people doing it because it's a good exercise, like a prompting exercise. You get better at it. And and soon you will be able to say, here are my 1,000 stock photos and these are my 500 employees. Whenever you create something with our AI, be sure that it matches our tone and voice and our images and brand assets. And I think that, that is some development we will see in the near future that this will get way easier.
1: I assume like with the chat GPT 5 or 6, you can create a chat gbt uh, agent that get all the your branding guidelines and images that you have produced for your brand and tonality and then say, this is going to be because I've tried chat Gbt and I created a chat gbt agent yeah it, it was a fashion stylist, so it would ask about certain style that you are you have in mind and offer you output style ideas um we did mess around with it a lot to control the output but it was still random like we couldn't really really like we had the big pdf document of for each style, here's the style, here are the images for each style, please, this is our definition. But I don't think ChatGPT, maybe midjourney could do it, but ChatGPT wasn't able to recognize, the map the images that we provided for each style to this style, define that style. It was just basically tapping to its own knowledge. So we couldn't really like, create the agent that ensures quality a consistent quality across the board and i think i think the image reading understanding the images that we publish that we upload to the chat gbt is something that they need to be working on to improve it much better
0: yeah that is very similar to my experience i downloaded all the linkedin posts i have written in the last years And uploaded the CSV file to chat GPT and created a custom GPT because I'm always like copying in my LinkedIn posts and say, criticize it, give me feedback, what would you improve? And again, I'm ignoring 90% of the advice, but sometimes as a phrase or it fixes a grammar mistake, whatever, and I I get something out of this. It's like within my publishing routine. And then maybe I I didn't do the training properly and, and explained, but... I tried a fun experiment because if you ask AI to look in the future, of course, it's very bad. <laughs> and 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 I wanted like going into January, everybody was posting on LinkedIn here on my 2024 predictions and yada, yada. And I wanted to make a joke of it and uh, a joke about it and also do it, but AI generated. Uh-huh. And it kept creating posts that talked about uh, how important uh internet of things is in 2024 and sustainability and these were always a large chunk of the created predictions and I said to ChatGPT, I never talked about this why do you come up with that and I did some read some formal discussions and they said maybe it's not enough data or you didn't say it often enough or explicitly enough that it should s- stick to the topics we talk because I said to ChatGPT, hey I'm not talking about sustainability on my LinkedIn profile. Where do you come up from this? So it's very similar to your experience. But one feature I think uh, is, could be helpful but also make it worse is that each conversation in these AI chat systems is independent from the other one. Yep. So if I talk about an application I want to develop and then I talk about an email that I want to be formatted or uh, I say give me feedback on this blog post, it's always separate conversation so you can't jump It doesn't have a history and OpenAI announced that soon, or I don't know if it's already shipped, it will remember whatever you did as an input in ChatGPT. So I can say, um, I can also have like a private modus like you have in browser. So you can always say ChatGPT, ignore the conversation. I don't want to have this conversation stored in my account and it shouldn't be within, I don't know. I mean, I, I copied in blood tests. And I took pictures of, of pills I found in my toilet bag and wanted to know if if what kind of sleeping pill that is. So it's a lot of stuff. I also want don't want to train it about and get it on the wrong way of learning about myself. So but again, yeah, maybe in the future you can have some sort of segments and personas, because right now you just are one persona. Um uh, talking to Jet gpt maybe you can have more profiles, and you profile with the, from different perspectives, perspectives with Jet gpt
1: If you wear your, let's say, founder hat, right? Um, one of a core portion of our audience are founders, right? And you know when you want to found a new startup and get it to scale and raise funds, you have to do a lot of things. You have to continuously work on your pitch deck and landing pages and websites, all the way to your wireframes and prototyping and app design, especially if you are in digital economy. What kind of... Where they can use generative ai and the likes of ChatGBT right now that actually going to help them and which areas they need to avoid right now using because it's going to create a lot of work for them because of many reasons
0: yeah uh, so i think marketing is a big area where you can take a lot of shortcuts if an experienced marketer uses the tool uh-huh. So as I explained, there's several examples every week where I can take shortcuts or I can level the playing field, and uh, I copy in meeting notes, strategy docs, and I very often you get a lot of shallow feedback, and I always get at least one phrase. I think what what I also um, observed is like a, a solar company in in Germany. They they produce solar panels and sell them. And they launched a new website. uh, And on this landing page, all the images were created with MidJourney. But the person who was using uh, MidJourney was basically a professional with 20 years experience who was very good with prompting and saying this lens, this style, the prompt wasn't like two sentences. It was like two paragraphs of text. Mm. And he created that images, touched it up in his typical Adobe tools, but he was able uh, to use that and took some shortcuts and saved money compared to taking shootings of how these solar panels look on, on on a roof, for example. So I think small businesses and startups get the tool set right now to compete with bigger departments. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, when, uh, when I look at one of our bigger clients, they now have this, there's always this privacy and ethics discussion Um, I don't want our people to use it because it will create mixed results and we are not professionally externally if we use it for content creation, image creation, and so on. And the startup and the founder can do lots of mini sprints Hmm. and test things, uh, create A, B, C, D, E versions of landing pages and so on. And I think that is like, it's like short sprints all the time. And uh, the benefit is also for startup founders there there is no firewall blocking all these tools. Um, You you can check it out and decide, is the quality good enough? Where can you be scrappy? And where does it really need professional polishing? And you should stay away from these AI tools. It's really this learning journey you should get on. Um, But definitely a junior can destroy a brand or create a shitty shitty experience using AI tools.
1: I really like what you said that um, mini sprints, you know, because when founders work on their startups, try to scale it, the cost could skyrocket really quickly. Like you bring in this agency or that external consultant and that other than all of a sudden you start, you'd be paying like 50K a month on, on things that you have no, you, you don't know how it accumulated. And it got me thinking that okay if you want to like for example launch a create our marketing assets why don't we just like jump in a mini sprint for like a couple of days and see whether we can create it ourselves whether there is a prompt two paragraph prompt that we can arrive at that can really help us to create consistent imagery across the board yeah and mm. uh
0: I would also say don't jump at every possible way to integrate an AI feature. Mm. So the project management tool we are using added lots of AI features uh, and it's popping up in too many ways. Uh, but there's one feature I like, which is called uh, stand-ups, automatic stand-ups. Mm. So it, it goes into all the closed tasks between yesterday's stand-up and today's stand-up and sends me a report in natural language. What did my team work on? What did I work on? And we all read this message before we get on the standup. Which so this is basically it's called height. Height.dep. Height. 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 It's approach yeah. Height. height. Yeah. Heights.depp. And um, they have a feature called automatic stand-ups. And this is really a, a cool use case of AI. So you like AI summaries are popping up everywhere, but this is basically tied to our real company knowledge and very beneficial to us. It's a five-minute time saver every day to look at this automatically generated message and see what everybody was working on. But they added a lot of other stuff I don't use. Like, I, I detected that you created a similar task in 2022. Do you want to remove this duplicate? Or lots of that kind of stuff. Or do you want to summarize this chat? No, I don't. want It's very... So they launched 10 AI features or five and one really stick with me.
1: Mm, yeah I miss a lot of trial and error especially yeah. I think I think one of the cool things that uh, generative AI does is just summarizing things based yeah. on the the input that you give it to and I think that's that's the area that we could use generative AI across the board um any last word Rolf for folks that are listening to um, the podcast in terms of no code generative AI
0: what what kind of Um,
1: areas that you're excited to work on this year to get better at it
0: yeah i think the the very broad term of the generalist and being able and having the superpower of working cross-discipline this is what i'm after so i'm calling myself a creator of all trades and this is now a time right now where creators of all trades can like test a lot of stuff and figure out how to explore a lot of different content types, app types and so on and this is what I'm doing this year and I'm also speaking at an AI conference in June I will announce it in on my LinkedIn feed and this is basically I'm publishing my learning journey right now on LinkedIn. Um, and if I want to give a very basic tip, uh, I set a time set time aside on my calendar on Fridays. So yeah. I'm, I'm collecting all these bookmarks. Oh, ChatGPT announced that. Microsoft announced that. Google announced that. I'm just taking a lot of bookmarks, and a lot of them I never check out. But I have like I got it out of my brain, and on a Friday usually I have time to to update my own knowledge about it.
1: I think that's that's a really great piece of advice, especially with AI revolution at full force. You got to spend some time on a Fridays. I don't know when you have bandwidth to really explore with these things and see how you can uh, improve your workflows. Okay. For any creative, I think, digital economy is packed with creatives, developers, product managers, product designers, marketers. You have workflows. You go through a certain process whether you like it or not. I think the win here is like how we can improve your workflows so you can deliver the same thing that you were delivering faster with higher quality.
0: Yeah, definitely. It will be an interesting and intense year.
1: <laughs> it is. It is going yeah. to be a very tough year. But those who really jump on this fast and soon enough and get to that two-paragraph prompt, they can save themselves. Yeah. Um, they, can, they can hedge their career against all the um, future uncertainties. Thanks a lot, Rolf. I appreciate it. And we are ending this conversation now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information, go to bonanza-studios.com.